He's an old head. Youngins are really starting to get on my damn nerves. He's a purveyor of nonsense. He's a Georgia high school coaching job influencer. His favorite Bible verse is Jesus wept. He's the man of constant sorrow, Chris Lamb. Welcome to Sun Coach's podcast. We're here day two of the Nike Coach of the Year Clinic in Orlando, Florida. And today we're talking with Coach DJ Mayo, the head coach at Highland Community College. He's a native of Daytona, Florida, played uh, some college ball at FAMU. He's coached in both Florida and Georgia at the high school level. Uh, I know you were at Camden County yes, uh, sir. In, in Georgia, mm-hmm. a big school up there that happens to be open right now. Oh, by the way. <laughs> And uh, glad to have you today. Thanks for sitting down with us, Coach. Yes, sir. Good to have you. Yes, sir. Yeah, Camden, Camden is a special place. Um, high school football in Georgia is, is special. I take it pretty seriously. Um, so I've been blessed. I, I would say Florida and Georgia are probably the two top states in the country for high school ball. I'm a little biased, but uh, a lot more resources in Georgia. Um, but I know they love it in, in both spots. So it's been a blessing to coach in both spots, to be honest. So how long have you been, like, with where you at career-wise, year-wise? Like, how long have you been coaching? I think this is year 18. I've um, okay. done 15 years of high school ball. Um, this is my this is my third year as a college coach. Uh, 2013, I was a quarterback's coach and special teams coordinator at Warner University. We were first-year NAIA, played nine FCS schools. That was pretty rough. Uh, 2022, I was the defense coordinator at Highland. Then our head coach, Jared Powers, passed away. Um, had a heart attack. We're the same age. You know, he's also a Florida native, had a heart attack. They named me the head coach. So, so year one, we had a, had a pretty good year. So what was your first uh, high school coaching job? Like, where was that at? At Warner Christian Academy. Um, so I, I walked on at FAMU, um, did not play a lick, but um, it was a great learning experience. I was up there with Billy Joe, Gulf Coast offense, um, you know, just a revolutionary offense at that point, up there with Jaquay Nunnally, Quinn Gray, Jaywan Sider, all those guys back when when USF and UCF were still FCS, so FAMU was getting like the cream of the crop. So that was a pretty good time. So when I left there, I was home for a year and, and coached at my alma mater, Warner Christian Academy, back in 2002. Got a chance to coach my little brother, went off back to school, and then got back into it full time in 2006. Um, back at Warner Christian Academy, from there I went to Deland High School, worked for Kevin Pettis. Um, you know, had a pretty good group there. Mike Gilsley, Pop Saunders, um, all those guys. We took over Owen 10 program, and year one we were able to go to playoffs. And you know what happened that next year, you know, a run to the state title game. From D-Land, went to Atlantic High School as the offense coordinator. Um, from there, I got my first head coaching job at Chamberlain in Tampa, went all the way across the state. Again, took over a bad program. Chamberlain had four wins in three years. So, <clears throat> got there, moved across the state, um, Hired a brand new staff. It was nobody I had previously worked with, but we were able to win four games that year. We beat the district champion that year. Uh, we were one game from making the playoffs. Um, but but the best thing about that, we had the third highest GPA in Hillsborough County. There's about 39 schools. Chamberlain is Title One school. Uh, they call that area Suitcase City. Um, not not a great area, uh, but to have the GPA we did was was a heck of an accomplishment. Uh, from there, I had the college job. Uh, moved on to Warner Christian Academy. Um, from Warner, I took a year off. Then I was the defense coordinator at Spruce Creek for a couple of years. We were able to win a district championship. That district, you know, Mandarin High School, Sandalwood, Flagler Palm Coast, D-Land. So from a talent standpoint, you know, we did not have the talent of those other schools, but 
defensively, we were pretty good. That first year, we only gave up 10 points a game. Uh, second year, we went 9-1. and one, And from there, I took over at Atlantic High School, another 0-10 program. Uh, they were 0-10 twice in three years. Uh, had four wins in three years total. Uh, year one, we were able to win five games, just missed the playoffs. And then year two, we tied the school record for wins. Um, and then had the first playoff win in 23 years. And it was pretty cool. So I played on the 96 team that won the playoff game. And then I coached the next team that won the playoff game in 2019. From there, I had a brief stop at Oviedo as the head coach. Uh, COVID hit. Had an opportunity to go to Camden County as the offense coordinator. Took that. Got a chance to work for Bob Spire, legend, Hall of Famer. He stepped down. Uh, Jeff Heron took over and, and – kept me on staff and, and I thought it'd be wise to kind of work for him as well. Just, you know, you never know everything you want to learn, you know, how the legends do it. And, and I think Jeff's the best to ever coach high school ball in Georgia. So I thought it would benefit me to work for him. So that was a pretty good experience. Um, just great people out there in general. And from there, got the opportunity at Highland Community College. So you, you got all the t-shirts. I you do. got a lot of the I t-shirts. Do. I anyway. do, man. I, I kept one from every spot. I kept one from every spot. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the guys I work for, he's always giving me a hard time. As many times I've moved around, he's like, man, you got all the t-shirts. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Coach Pettis, he was the first guy we had on the podcast. Tell oh, yeah. You got to have some Pettis stories. Well, I think about the ones I can tell on air. Uh, um a lot of goals. I tell you, so my first day there, right, I'm thinking I'm a hot shot, good young coach, coming in here, first big school job, you know, DeLand was largest classification. So we're there over the summer, and he's like, you know, we're going to go out to lunch as a staff. You know, everybody loaded up the car, 10, 12 guys, a lot of former head coaches on staff. Um, and there was a buffet in town, really, really good, so I'm excited, right? We're going to go out to lunch, have a good time after workout. So we're walking out the door, he stops, he's like, DJ, you go break down those three games. <laughs> Those three mainly games on the Landro, right? We didn't have Huddle. We had the right. Landro, so you had to do it manually. Manually, yeah. And so there I was sitting there day one breaking down games, man. So that was my first one. There, there's many, many pedicisms that I still use to this day. I even imagine. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I know we saw Trey last night. His son was out, and I was like, where's your daddy at? And he said, oh, he's <laughs> he was doing something. He had an interview yesterday or something like that. But that's awesome Absolutely. starting out like that. But, you know, it's like a lot of these young coaches now, they've been spoiled and they grew up with Huddle. They don't understand what it was like back in the old days when you had to stop, rewind, Absolutely. come back, record, do it again. Yeah. Got to go drive to film exchange. Yeah. Right? Meet, 8 o'clock in the morning, yeah, meet halfway. Yeah, we meet at this gas station or that McDonald's or wherever. Exactly. But where was your favorite place high school-wise in Florida as far as the kids? Or, or have they all been about the same? Like, where was your favorite place to coach where you thought Ooh. that like, you enjoyed it the most, the coaching part of it? Ooh. I will say Atlantic. I would say Atlantic. There's been a lot of good places. Like at DeLand, we had all kind of characters. Um, Chamberlain, my first group, will always be special. Uh, but Atlantic was probably the most fun because of that group, again, when you're 0-10 twice in three years, you know, there, there's not a lot of positivity surrounding that program. So so for the kids, when I took over, for those kids to stay there and believe, and then for the kids to transfer into an 0-10 program, because some kids followed me from Spruce Creek, uh, about six or seven kids, left a 9-1 and one program to come to an 0-10 one. And for us to do what we did in those two years was was just special. So the year before I took over, the average score was 51-9 to nine or 51-6 to six or something, something crazy like that. And year one, I think we gave up 13 points a game. Well, how, I mean, you've, you've gone to a lot of places that weren't very 
good. And I'm mm. not, I mean, that happens. I mean, that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you've been able to turn them around, mm-hmm. I mean, what is, I mean, is there, I, I know there's no magic formula, but I mean, you obviously have a program Absolutely. and something that like when you go in, like young coaches that are out there listening that are thinking, or they've taken over a place, mm-hmm. like what, what do you think is essential? I have to have this, I have to get this done first before we can do anything else if we're going to get this thing turned around right. Culture over scheme. It's culture over scheme. So, yes, go to the clinics. Yes, watch YouTube videos. Learn all the X's and O's you can. But if the culture isn't right, you won't be successful. So the first thing we do is discipline and accountability everywhere we've been. Um, That's why. So this year at Highland, yes, we had the best season ever on the field. We finished number 15 for the first time ever. But we had the highest GPA ever. We had 38 kids over 3.0 at a junior college. But that's because of the discipline and accountability. It's no different. So if you talk to a kid that played for me at Chamberlain and one that played for me at Atlantic, they're going to tell you the same stories. They're going to tell you what happens when you have Fs. They're going to tell you what happens when you're late. They're going to tell you what happens if I get an email from a teacher. It's the accountability piece. And for the young coaches, you have to be willing to sit that stud. If it means doing that, everybody in that locker room has to know there is no star system. There's no tier system for discipline and accountability. And that's get that buy-in. So the first thing we do is instill discipline and accountability. Do what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, the way it's supposed to be done. And that's on and off the field. So, um, you know, Bill Walsh had a quote about culture, you know, how the championship culture precedes the championship results, you know. So you have to have that standard of behavior. So right now at Highland, we have not talked about football yet. We talked about standards and goals. So our goal is to have a 3.0 team GPA the standard is you're going to be early for everything. You're going to sit in the front row in class. You're going to do all your assignments. I'm not asking you. We're not going to have a goal of going to class. Like, that's the – no, that is the standard, <laughs> yeah. right? If our team meeting starts at 2.30, if you walk in there at 2.15, you're going to see all our guys in there. They know. So, last year, I knew we would be good. When we started our mat drills, we call it March Madness. We told them 6 a.m., be tucked and tied on the line, ready to go. The latest we started was 5.45 a.m. They had to figure it out. So right now, we just did our second grade check. We might have eight guys with an F right now. Six of them are newcomers because they don't quite get it yet, but they will. You know, So um, I will tell those young coaches, man, discipline and accountability. And the way we do that, you know, be very clear about the expectations, set the expectations early, and follow through. Do what you say you're going to do, and, and you get what you emphasize. So if you emphasize good behavior, good grades, that's what you're going to get. So right now we're in four teams, and I've done this everywhere I've been. We do an off-season draft, and they're in teams, and it's accountability. So if I get an email from teacher, hey, Coach Lamb's acting up in class, you and your captain's got to come see us, and we're going to deal with it, right? So in your team, an F is 25 up down. So if four people on your team have five Fs combined, that's 125 up downs those guys with Fs are doing every day until we do the next grade check. And the captains are doing half of that. So guess what those captains are going to do now? Now they're going to start holding you accountable for your grades too. And then when we get everybody involved, we get the grade check number three and four. Now I'm getting everybody. So now everybody's going to be in study hall. Make, hey, make sure you got your stuff. I'm not doing up-downs for you. And what happens is they'll start self-policing. They'll just tell you, Coach, such and such was late. Can we just knock these up-downs out now? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they know, they know if, what time if, if I got to handle it, it's going to be worse. Right. You handle it before I have to. So any program I've been to – uh, the number one thing that was missing is discipline and account and, and lack of accountability. So we, we had the fewest penalties per game in the league. Um, you know, we emphasized no pre-snap penalties, no post-snap penalties. That's a lack of discipline, right? right. Between the whistle 
I can live with pre-snap, post-snap. That's a lack of discipline. So we only had two personal fouls all year. You know, so, again, discipline, accountability, young guys. You got to have it. Well, and, and I think a lot of times, too, when you're a young coach, I know I was guilty of it. You know, I started coaching when I was 23, 24 years old, whatever, and you know, now I'm 50. And, you know, we thought because of the way we were raised, uh-huh. you know, discipline and, and all that was hollering and screaming and carrying on. That's not mm-hmm. that's not discipline. Right. You know, that's hollering and screaming and carrying on. You know, mm-hmm. some people don't respond to that. I responded to it because I didn't like what came after that. Right. You know, I didn't really, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, you know, I was going to shut you out. You know, I'm like, man, he ain't talking to me or whatever. You know, I'm, yes, sir, I'll do what you need me to do. But, right. you know, but, you know, a lot of young coaches, they, they, they mistake that for discipline. Right. Where discipline, what you, you, you know, are saying it's is action. here's, yes, there is a consequence to you mm-hmm. not meeting the standard. Mm-hmm. So get the culture right. Don't worry Day about one. everything else takes care of itself. Absolutely. Because to be honest, if you're good, I mean, you can, at the high school level, you can have a base three or four plays, base three or four defense, and you're going to be successful scheme wise. But again, if you're undisciplined, you're not going to match your potential. You know, so yeah, sometimes I do yell and scream, but I tell the kids when that happens, take the coaching out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ignore everything else, but take take the coaching out of it. But yeah, you got to follow through. So, you know, a kid drops a pass and you're yelling, and talk to our coaches all the time, talk football, right? I cringe when I hear a coach, catch the ball. Well, what is he supposed to do? Thumbs together, pinkies together, like make sure that's a part of it. But if right. you're just yelling, catch, make the tackle. Well, do you need to wrap and roll? Do you need to press the hip? Do you need to sweep the ankle? What does he need to do? So if you're going to raise your voice, make sure you're coaching while you're doing it. And it's like sitting on the sideline or up in the stands, tackle somebody. Uh, yeah, we're working on that. You know, <laughs> right. We got you. We're covering it. Won't y'all block somebody? Right. Yeah, I wish they right. would. You Stop know, we, the run. Yeah, oh, yeah. Trying. Yeah, we worked on it all week. I promise we did. Right. <laughs> you know, not trying to lose. I promise. Yeah, I swear, we, we get in these meetings, we're not trying to put the worst ones At out all. there. At all. And people think we do. That's right. what they really right. believe. I think some of them think that's what we do. Like we so when you made the conversion from going from high school to the college game, what mm-hmm. drew you – I mean, did you just want to see if you could do it, or is it just an opportunity, or would you just like, you know, these high school, you know, I just want to see. I mean, what what made you want to make that jump? It was a combination of things. So me and JP worked together at Warner. We only had one year, and it wasn't a great year. They they were just starting. They didn't really know what it took to run a college program, and he just kept telling me like, "This is not college ball. Like that. Like hold tight. Don't don't let this." experience put a bad taste in your mouth because he had worked at North Carolina under Butch Davis. He wore him and Sam Pittman were like super close, you know, so he had a lot of contacts, introduced me to a lot of guys and it was a good experience working with him, but the bigger picture was not great. Um, so we stayed in contact. We clinic together every off season, no matter where he was. And the timing was just never right. Um, you know, when he got the OC job at Mississippi Valley state, he offered me the quarterback's job, but I had just taken over at Atlantic. You know, I, I really didn't want to leave those kids. So, you know, when he called me, I was at Camden, and he, he was a finalist at a couple schools on the Jayhawk Conference, and he said, you know, I want you to be a coordinator, you know, on either side, because I've been an OC, been a DC, I've done special teams. So he's like, just based on what else I'm able to get, I'd like you to come coordinate. And at that time, I was a position coach, so when Coach Heron came in, I, I was a running backs coach, you know. But, again, I thought it would be beneficial. I, I still wanted to work with him for a year and kind of, add to my toolbox, so to speak. So at that point, you know, as a high school position coach, I'm like, I, I need a, a little more. I know I'm capable of, of more. I had just one coach of the year, 
you know, now I'm a position coach. So while it was cool, learned a lot, but I needed to do more. Um, so the chance to be a college coordinator was, was too great to pass up. So, and JP was my guy, his first college job, anything I could do, you know, the, the pay was a lot different, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, I thought it was worth it at that time to go out there and, and, and test it, you know, because I, I always felt I could coach at that level. Um, so now I've kind of scratched that itch and uh, we, we had success. So that's how that happened, you know, and then could not foresee that he would pass away. You know, that was unfortunate. So my goal is not to go out there and be a college head coach. It was just to go help him, you know, get his college career, you know, as far as a head coach going, help him out. Because we, we had the same beliefs as far as discipline, accountability. We were on the same page on that stuff. Right. So it was a pretty good deal there. And then he passed away and I took over there. So that, that's what drew me to that. Just I just need to do more. And overcoming that adversity, I mean, just – I can't imagine. I mean, I've lost a son, mm-hmm. which was pretty bad. But somebody that sets you up and gets you in, in the business and you're yep. there for him and yep. you're the same age, it kind of yep. makes you sit back for a minute and be like, man. Yeah, it was what crazy. Are we doing? It's like, man, it's cool, but like, I didn't want it that way. You know, I wasn't going to turn it down, but it's it's just, you know, I never imagined it would happen that way. You right. know, losing a guy that, yeah, he was my mentor. That was my guy. Like, that, that, that was my guy. You know, he was so connected. I called him the godfather because he knew everybody, just well-respected in the profession. Um, and when you lose people close, you know, it's just like my mom was my best friend, you know, my biggest cheerleader, you know, lost her. I never met my dad, you know, so now, you know, um, you know, losing him, losing my mentor in the business, that, that that was a lot, especially in December when it happened. We're in the middle of recruiting, you know, then I take over as a head. How do you celebrate that? How do you, you know, I didn't even want to announce it. And to be honest – I didn't – we didn't meet in the coach's office. So his – the head coach's office is where we meet as a staff. We didn't meet in there until February. I, I didn't even go in the office the whole month of January because it, it, it was just, you know, a bit too much at the time. So just with, you know, the mid-year stuff and then the high school recruiting, the timing of it was insane. That was the craziest two months in a profession I've had. But, you know, we tried to – I feel well, like God we puts you where you're supposed to be and, right. and you get through it. Absolutely. And, you, you know, I, I tell kids that all the time. You know, I might not have the same life experience you have, but everybody goes through rough stuff. Absolutely. And yep. we can we can show you how you deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. people can take it how they want to, but we have to we have to mold young men. We have to teach men how Number to be one. men. Number one. Especially these days because um, we have a deficiency in that area. And, and what we do with football, giving them an avenue, whether it's mm-hmm. to further their education or – you know, they need to be taught how to be a good husband, a good boyfriend, a good brother, a good Absolutely. role model, a good worker. And it, you know, it, it, the college might not work out for them, but right. they can be a good tax-paying citizen. They can go Absolutely. be Absolutely. That's something. the goal. That is the goal. So and, I, you know, I, discipline and accountability. Got to have it. Gotta Somebody's got to teach you how to do it. Yeah, we just got to use football as that carrot to, you know, use football to get them where they need to go, and they need to use football to get where they need to go. But I'm with you because life after football. So my uncle was an NFL agent for six years, so I saw the other side of it. The guys who were the top of the top but did not have that discipline as a base, and now they're out of the league, they're broke, in and out of the jail because nobody took the time to instill that discipline and accountability in them. So I love – I still get texts from guys I coached 15 years ago because, like, I thank you. Like, I didn't get it at the time. <laughs> right. Now I have kids. Now I own a business. Now I get it. Like, how did you know? Like – you know, so I, every year, you know, I get a text from a guy I coach way back that's like, oh, that's why. 
You know what I mean? So that's the best part of it for me. For sure. Well, it's like you mentioned, you walk on, you know, you go to FAMU and you like, but I never touched the field, but you got that paper. You, 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 you know, you mm-hmm. got, you got the experience, you, you got the college education, you got absolutely. that, which has led to other opportunities. Opens doors. And it's absolutely. opportunity. Mm-hmm. And being able to get these kids to understand, you know, this is, re- this is repeating on something I said, you know, in an earlier episode I saw on Twitter the other day, and I'll repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until somebody figures it out. You know, somebody put, you know, they're like Power Five, Group of Five. They went all the way down, you know, uh-huh. community college league, all the way down to the club level. Opportunity, 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 opportunity. Yep. That's what you've got to use to, you know, and getting these kids to understand, <laughs> hey, man. Be grateful. And like I heard you saying before we got came on the air that you were still mm-hmm. looking for kids and, and you were throwing the money out there and if they can academically, they can get academic money and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there and I immediately I was like, well, uh, how, how, you know, size, because we have a, a lineman that I think he can play, but he's not, a pro, you know, size-wise, you know, he's not quite tall enough, but he can play and he is intelligent. And I will be talking to him when, <laughs> when we get Absolutely. home. We, we want to give those guys a chance, man. We want to give those guys an opportunity because, to be honest, in our league, you can get offers off practice film. You know what I mean? We had a young man graduated from Vero Beach early, early, came in March last year, and by May was gone. He said, Coach, the first Division One offer, I get I'm taking it. Long Island University offered him. He was gone. He was with us for two months. That's what it's about now. So – you know, just again using it to get where you got to go, and like I said, we'll take a chance on an undersized kid um, who's high academic. Give him a PWO spot, and if he can start or if he can make the roster, we're going to do that. We don't look at they get the same amount of reps when we come in in July and in camp. Let me ask you this because mm-hmm. I'm curious, mm-hmm. like a cat. That's what my friends call me. With <laughs> um, being the head coach at at the college level, dealing with your staff as opposed to at the high school level. How much what, – what's the difference? I mean, it's got to be a higher, level, a, a higher level of trust because you have to cut them loose to go recruit. You know, I mean, you're going – you know what we're looking for. Right. And then they call you up and they're like, hey, I found a guy. Right. I, I mean, if, if it's high school, you're like, you, I can bring you to – I can bring this kid, hey, go by Coach Mayo's uh, classroom and tell him you're interested in playing football. Mm-hmm. This guy's in a – in a van down by the river in wherever, <laughs> right. and he's calling you going, I found us one. And uh-huh. you, I mean, I know we have technology these days, but yep. you're like, you have to really trust these guys that you're Absolutely. working with. Absolutely. And we, we try to set aside, we set aside time to, to for recruiting. That's mostly on Thursdays and Fridays, but we, we want to come to a consensus. Obviously <clears throat> my vote, you know, is worth, more a little bit, but we, we, we want to come to a consensus. But I want to make room for, you know, the high school coach in me is going to take an undersized kid every year. I want to take at least one every year at every position and give that kid a shot. But, yes, yeah, so I do trust them because they have to go walk the halls and, and represent us. They have to represent us on campus um, and out in the community. So, you know, if, if a guy cannot do that, you got to let him go. Um, whereas high school, you kind of got to tie – you know, y'all are on campus together. Whereas college, yeah, that guy might be in Atlanta. He may be in New Orleans. You know, you got to trust his eye. And obviously, he'll send a kid back, but you, you can't waste time. You got to kind of know where to go, you know, what coaches you can trust, right? Because when a coach calls me, hey, I got a kid, I got a kid, and the kid's not interested at all, like, you're only going to waste my time once. Right. They may or hey, I got a kid, look at this kid. I type in his name, and the first thing that pulls up is a mugshot. That happened to me this weekend. 
but you know, just be honest, you right, know, because yeah. if not, then the next time you hit me up saying I got a kid, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And that's cool. That school's off the map. Exactly. You know, they're off your radar forever. I have some do not recruit schools. <laughs> I, well, that's important. I, I y'all y'all hear that out there, right? No. This is about relationships. Like, just be honest. Like, if if you if the kid's not a scholarship kid, that's okay. If you think he can be a walk on, hit me. Up. We'll we'll look at him. And then some kids get mad. Like when you take the time to evaluate, and give them feedback, they get upset. Right. It's like, man, these other coaches probably don't respond to you. I try to go through yeah. and actually respond. And, get, and with kids, I'll, I'll go through the kids that I don't even follow. I'll, I'll try to once a week go through because they took the time to reach out to me. Right. So I want to respond to everybody that I can, mm-hmm. you know, but just be professional. High school guys, just be professional. When a guy does give you feedback, you know, just, just let's take it and move on. Let's just be professional about it. Yeah, I mean, we complain about these kids getting mad. They don't get D1 offers and this, that, and the other, and they think they're too good to do this. And then mm-hmm. and then we turn right around, and we won't give a community college coach the same respect right. because he's not Ryan Day. Until or, signing or day. Then yeah. it's like, I got a kid. Where has this kid been the last three yeah, months? Yeah, you didn't call me. and Yeah. Exactly. I don't want your leftovers. Send me. Don't tell me you don't have a JUCO guy in May because you don't know. He may have 40 verbal offers right now, but I promise you, <laughs> in the fall, that list is going to be a little different. Right. So so you don't big-time people. That's And when I was a high school guy, I was, I was big on, like, even now, the JUCO level, I don't have level. So my, my sheet on my prospect list, I don't have D1, D2. No, here's my list. What position are you looking for? Here's his attributes. Here's his size. But I'm not going to say he's a D2, he's a D1. I don't tell a D2, oh, he's a D1 guy. I don't do that. I'll tell you who's interested in him. If he has Division One offers, I'll let you know that. And if right. you choose to pursue him, cool. But I'm going to give you the opportunity to recruit everybody. And some high school coaches still, you, you'd be surprised in May, June, July, August, oh, he's going D1. Then February 1st, hey, coach, remember that kid? He's looking for a home. Well, what do you want me to do right now? You know what I mean? Like you, you, you didn't. You didn't want to come to the school. You didn't want to let me talk to him. And now, a week before signing day, now he needs a home. It's not much I can do for you. Yeah, we don't make that determination. I right. mean, it's like, it's like telling the kid, "I determine if you play at this level. They determine right. if you play at that level." Exactly. I can put you out there. I'll send. I'll send your stuff out. But baby, if they don't. They don't come a calling. I yeah. can't. And, and parents need to understand that too. A lot of the parents throw the high school coaches under the bus now. Like, coach, thank you. You know, his high school coach didn't do anything for him, and that's not the case. Your high school coach is advocating. It's just these four-year schools want. They need older guys. They got to win right now. So, you know, if I'm a group of five coach, uh, FCS coach, and I do take this kid and give him a chance, and he makes all conference, what is he going to do? He's hopping in the portal. Well, and the other thing that you hit on earlier about, you know, things I could tell that you're most proud of as a high school coach and right now as a college coach is your, your, your kids' GPAs. Absolutely. And some of these parents don't understand. You made a four on the ACT and you have a 1.3. You ain't going to – you couldn't spell cat if we gave you the C, the T, and most right. of the A. You might need to work on school. I'm telling you. I mean right. – and, and, and we're going to take the guy with a higher GPA. If all things are equal, we're going to take that guy. Like I said, I only had three or four non-qualifiers, and I'm at a junior college. You know, right. with the portal now, we don't have to take those guys. So you got to do everything in your power to make yourself a more attractive recruit, for sure. Academics, man, number one. Football's and, only going to last so long. And the parents don't understand sometimes that, yes, your child is talented. Yes, your kid can do this. But you might should have learned your multiplication tables while you were in right. growing up instead of worried about running a, a stop route or exactly whatever. Yep. 
because you get to a point where we can't do anything for them as high school coaches because they're academically they can't qualify yeah. to play anywhere. Exactly. You limit your options, right? D3 has money. NAIA has money. Um, and financially, you limit yourself. So if a school can package you based off your GPA and athletics, you want to take that. That's 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 less money you got to pay. That's less loans you got to take out. If you're undersized and you got to go NAIA, there's nothing wrong with that. But now if you got a 3.5, now they can package you academically and athletically. Whereas if you're a 2.5, good luck. Oh, you just limit your opportunity. Same thing I tell our kids all the time. When they come in, at least four-year schools come in, they want to see that transcript because we're getting more and more schools now that are turning – I'm not going to say they're turning away from the portal, but, like, JUCO guys are a little less – you know, they're, they're more appreciative. They're not coming in. They don't have the agents. They're not looking for the NIL. They're just looking for opportunity. Right. Where some of these portal guys, you got to deal with agents. Like, I've talked to guys – you know, I'm DMing guys when I see them hit the portal. I'm like, well, you got to talk to my agent or my handler or my trainer. It's like, come on. I don't have time for that. Either you want to play or you don't. Exactly. Either you want to come here or you, you don't. An opportunity. I got somebody over here that right. be glad to come. to. Yep. And you better have school. people you trust. You know, I had one kid I hit up. He was a Florida kid. I hit him up. I'm like, hey, this would be a good opportunity for you to get filmed. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, I got some D1 stuff in the works. Because you got a trainer guy that's advertising him as a D1 guy. So I hit him last week. Hey, I'm not saying, you know, who do you have offers? No D1s. So it's like, okay, so, so coming to us probably would have been the move, right? So kids out there, you better be careful who you're taking advice from and who's quote-unquote marketing you. You know, I like to deal with the high school coach. Trainers are cool. Guys that hit me up, I got guys cool. But before I offer a kid, I'm, I'm going to talk to the high school coach. Well, we do spend a little bit more time with them. And you know that, being a high school coach, I mean, you're with them eight hours a day. Absolutely. You're yeah. the one put in the time. You know them better than anybody. And, you you know, talking about their academics and their athletic ability too, it's almost like a kid being a multi-sport athlete. You know, they've got more irons in the fire. They've got more things that mm-hmm. help them. You know, if it, 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 it is, it, it's great if they are, if they're a great athlete, but mm-hmm. it's even better for them. Even they're not going to the league. Right. Let's say, you know, right. the, the percentage, it, it gets Very infinitesimal. Low. Yeah. It's exponentially smaller right. and smaller as you move up the food chain. But if their grades are where they're supposed to be, they can go get a very good job Absolutely. or a, a higher paying job with a higher GPA and yep. all that kind of stuff because uh, companies do look at that kind of stuff. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And pushing that is, is pretty awesome too. Compete in the classroom more than you compete on the field. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Yes, Your sir. perspective on the, at the college level, having somebody that has done both the high school and the, the college is awesome. Uh, I wish you continued success. Yes, it's sir. been a pleasure to meet you. And, uh, again, if there's anything I can ever do for you, just yes, sir. I'll, I'll be glad to hook you up with as many as we can in, in <laughs> the state right. of Georgia. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thank you.